Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, let's get started. Welcome, dear listener, to another episode. It's Israel Smith here, your host on the Illuminating Lives podcast. And I'm going to start today by addressing the elephant in the room. I sound like garbage. (laughs) Why do I sound like garbage? Because I am currently enjoying a cold of some sort. But um, (laughs) the real issue is the topic for today and how that actually interacts with my runny nose. Um, Today's topic is about grief and other emotions. So on the weekend, it was the 1st of August on Sunday. And that actually marks two years since we lost my dad, since he checked himself out of the planet and took his own life. You would know about this if you've listened to my whole podcast. I think it was episode two or three where I spoke about gratitude and suicide, where I actually outlined a bit more about that. So feel free to dig back into that if you wish. I don't want to cover much of that today. What I want to talk about today is is the nature of grief for me. And this is a conversation that's been prompted not just by my own personal experience, but by a chat I was having with one of my clients on Friday. And... Just stuff that I'm observing in the world, you know, it's a pretty crazy time to be a human, right? We've got so much connectivity and we've got so much isolation hand in hand. We've got the way it's always been and now we've got a new way that we just don't even know how it's going to be. So there's this beautiful tension. I say beautiful, it's actually kind of, <laughs> it's kind of crappy actually, but but there's a real tension between how we want the world to be and how it actually is in a lot of ways. So grief is quite relevant. Anyway, let me go through. I've got some notes. I may need to stop and start here and there to uh, take care of this (laughs) dripping tap of a nose that I've got going on and to have a bit of a cough now and then. So I apologize if this is a somewhat more disjointed episode than typical, but my commitment to you is that I have something really that needs to be said and shared. And I'm sure that the message will come through the way it needs to, um, even through this blocked nose thing that's going on. So let me talk about about grief and about how this year, it actually took me quite by surprise. I didn't realize that it was my dad's anniversary of his death. I actually didn't realize. I had been going along, knowing that August was coming, knowing that the 1st of August is a significant date, but honestly, consciously, there's just been so many cool things going on in my life that I haven't actually really wanted. No, not even wanted. I just actually didn't think about it in those ways, in that ter- those terms of, oh, it's, you know, the anniversary of dad's death coming up. 
I don't even know how I can explain it better than that other than it just wasn't consciously at the front of my mind. We've been working on so much cool stuff in my business, in my wife's business, The Root Cause. We've had lots of cool stuff going on with the kids. I'm coaching my son's basketball team and they've just played their first couple of games. You know, it's there's heaps and heaps of beautiful stuff. We're also doing a whole lot, <clears throat> excuse me, a whole lot of work tidying up the house that we're living in Um which is actually part of how I spent the weekend. And anyway, blah, 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 lots going on. You can tell my head is, is still a little bit spinny outy. Um, so Friday night, Saturday, I was not great, not a great sleep, but I got up and I was committed to doing some work to completely clean out the garage at the property that we're in. Now we have a dual occupancy, there's two garages. About three weeks ago, we did a full clean out or two weeks ago, we did a full clean out on the other garage that belongs to our neighbor. And that was because we found some rodent problems. So we cleaned it all out, swept it, you know, sprayed it, all the stuff, and then repacked it more neatly and did a bit of a purge of all the stuff that had been spoiled. And then we decided, you know, it actually feels kind of good to do this big clean and purge. So we did the same thing to our garage. And did a bit of sorting and purging and cleaning. So that was kind of the majority of my day, Saturday and Sunday. And through that, you know, despite wearing like a builder's mask or a, you know, a, a mask to block dust and what have you, I was pretty convinced that what was going on in my sinuses was just related to dust, just related to the cleaning. Sunday I woke up and Belinda and I took a walk down the beach and I, I just, I'd had this sense that I was really missing dad. I couldn't even explain it. And like for the last couple of weeks, I'd been looking out for kookaburras because he visits me or visits us. And in fact, all of my family, we all get visits from kookaburras and that's when we know dad is here. How do we know this? Well, when he first died, there was a kookaburra that literally sat on the back fence of his house um, from the day he passed all the way through the preparations for the funeral, there was always a kookaburra nearby, either on literally on the back fence, just looking in at all of us, or in the tree, just a little way away. Um, there's been so many synchronicities and moments where kookaburras have shown up and there's no rational explanation I can make for it. So I go to the irrational or the, you know, extraordinary or paranormal or the whatever, you know, explanation which is that that's just dad visiting from whatever plane of existence he's on now he just sort of turns up and reminds us that he's around by showing up as a kookaburra so anyway in the lead up to this last weekend i hadn't seen any for ages and it had just been on my mind like oh it'd be really nice just to see a kookaburra you know just i know i've been going pretty well with life but geez it'd be great if dad just checked in and said hi didn't think that much more about it. Sunday morning, Belle and I went for a walk on the beach. And so we're on the beach wandering along. And I said to her, I said, you know, I'm just really missing dad today. Really missing him. Can't even explain why. It just, it's kind of hitting me a bit in the feels. I was a little bit choked up as I was telling her about it. And then a thought occurred to me and I went, oh, what's the date? And I looked at my phone and it was the 1st of August. And I just broke down in tears straight away. I said, well, that explains it then. That explains it. My body knew, even though consciously I didn't know, my body knew that he had been gone two full years on this day. 
which is kind of the first thing about grief for me in my personal experience and what I've had shared with me by other people who have had similar experiences is that often our bodies remember our grief more than we do. I've spoken to my coach about this. She's had similar experiences either with grief or with anniversaries or with things related to big tumultuous events in her life. But yeah, I had totally not realized that it was the anniversary of my dad's death. And so having not realized that, I kind of realized that I, I'd, I'd been a bit disconnected from what my body was telling me. So all the way through Saturday, I was feeling like a bit of an unease, a bit of a sort of a funkiness that I couldn't put my finger on. But I just kept going, just kept working in the shed, worked myself until I was pretty exhausted, plonked on the couch, watched some Olympics, as you do. Sunday, much the same. Had that experience with my wife on the beach, and I still didn't do anything about it. I didn't take the time to think about it, to process it, to acknowledge that it was there. I had a few tears on, on the beach, but I didn't really didn't really want to stop. I really was committed to finishing the piece of work on the garage. And so instead of taking the time in the moment to fully feel, to fully connect in and process my grief, I did what a lot of us do, which is I just sort of stuffed it down and just bypassed it and kept going. I actually realize now when I reflect on it that I was feeling a lot of resistance. I wasn't ready to process the grief. I wasn't really expecting it, having felt like I've dealt so well with my dad's passing. Like for you know two years now, I've been talking about this and dealing with it in lots of different ways. But I thought, I felt like, man, I've, I've done this work. I've done it. And, and then I realized, like so many things in our life, it's not a one and done. You can't go to the gym once and have six pack abs for the rest of your life. Sadly, wish you could. But so much of our life operates like this. It's about a regular practice. It's a regular revisiting. All right, my personal development work, my work as a coach, my development work as a coach for my son's basketball team, my own practice of playing basketball, surfing, you name it. Anything you do in life, generally speaking, it's a practice. It's something that is a constant recurring thing you need to revisit. And grief can show up like that. So acknowledging that I was feeling grief and then refusing to deal with it and process it. Even when it came to calling my family, I didn't call any of my family until very late in the day once I'd done what I wanted to do, which was the piece of work. Now look, the reality here is that that bloody garage could have waited for six more months before I did this work. But for some reason I had it in my head, I've just got to do this. Now. I was told just after my dad passed by a really dear friend of mine, Shannon, that in her experience as a social worker and counsellor in her previous careers, grief has a tendency to kick our ass if we don't deal with it immediately. She said to me very early on in the piece after my dad died, she said, listen, this will probably hit you when you least expect it. You'll probably be just in the supermarket and suddenly feel like you need to cry. I promise you, if you 
feel it in the moment, if you let yourself feel the emotions in the moment, it will flow through you and it will release the grief much more quickly. If you resist it, if you stuff it back down, if you bypass it, it's going to come back and kick your ass later and it'll be worse. So not feeling it, not really opening myself up because of some weird preference, in fact, to clean out a garage instead and just to go into overdoing rather than feeling has ultimately kicked my ass because here I am sounding like garbage, like I've been gargling gravel and feeling this sense of fatigue and a cold, right? So it's not ideal. And this is me learning all over again that when I have feelings to feel, I need to feel them in the moment because anything otherwise is called emotional bypassing. And I was laughing my head off with another friend of mine about this last week when she was telling me about, oh, look, I, you know, I should you know, undergoing some challenges in her life personally. She said, oh, I don't need to talk about that or feel any of that. That's fine, isn't it? I can just carry on and stiff up a lip and, you know, all the rest of it. And I said, yep, that's absolutely a strategy and it's called emotional bypassing. And we both just fell around laughing on the phone. But then I realized now, less than a week later, guess what I've been doing? So this is a pretty open, pretty unstructured account of everything that's been going on because I want you to recognize these conversations happen for me too. The sort of work that I coach my clients on and the sort of things that I share on this podcast are things that I grapple with too. Sometimes I don't want to feel stuff. Sometimes I don't want to take the actions I know I need to take. Sometimes, and this is the real kicker, sometimes I don't want to be responsible for my responsibilities. Which brings me to the next part of this story, right? So the grief came, I learned about it, I didn't process it, I moved on with my day and then my body started shutting me down. And after that, on Monday morning, I started looking at, okay, I need to get back into some self-care here because I was still feeling a bit scratchy. So I meditated and then I pulled some angel cards and hilariously, the angel card that came up for me as my kind of moving forward one, my future one, was be honest with myself. And as soon as I pulled that card, I knew that there was actually another layer to this physical illness that had started to show up in me. Now, as you know, I've been building and growing this podcast since the beginning of the year, working more and more as a coach, which is not just illuminating the lives of the people I work with, my amazing clients, but it also lights me up, man. This is what I'm here to do and I freaking love it. And in the sideline of this, me building this coaching business and doing more of this work that lights me up, I'm also working still with my wife's business, The Root Cause, and I'm gradually completing work and delegating and outsourcing and handing over the stuff that I've been responsible for for the last six, seven years. So not a small job. And I'm committed to that and I'm responsible for that. And at the same time, I've been resisting the hell out of it. It's the most stupid thing. I've been sabotaging myself by twiddling my thumbs and delaying the work and not doing it properly 
because I just so desperately want to be completely focused on the coaching work. And I can't be completely focused on the coaching work until I finish all of my work for the root cause. So there's this really dumb thing that's been happening inside my head where I've been procrastinating on that stuff, which is actually dragging me further along and taking more time away from my own business. So anyway, we all do wacko things, right? But then I realized as I drew that angel card, be honest with myself, that's what I'd been doing. And this runny nose, cold symptom also shows up for me when I'm out of integrity with my responsibilities or with myself or with my commitments. And so that's what I'm also experiencing. So let's just add that to the list of stuff to process, right? So, so I guess where this, where this comes through and, and there's like a new razor's edge to this as well is that we've got the grief, we've got the out of integrity, out of responsibility, which is, as we all know from previous episodes of mine, if you're not being responsible, you're in fact being a victim. So I'm kind of doing all of the stuff here. And then I'm also practicing and working on my ability to keep going even when I'm not quite feeling fantastic. And this is a real razor's edge for me for a couple of reasons. So my previous experiences with depression particularly are that I retreat into rest as a survival strategy. Everything's too hard, screw it, I'll go take a nap. Life getting me down, I'll just sleep and then hopefully it'll all be better when I wake up. It never is, it's never any different. It's just a, 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 I don't know, like a hardwired way that my body wants me to run away from things, that my little self, my little ego self or egotistical version of me tries to escape by going to sleep. But <laughs> that doesn't help anything, doesn't move anyone further along. So I've been playing and dancing with this idea of, well, can I feel garbage and still fulfill my commitments? Can I feel like I have a cold and not just want to take the entire day off and snooze on the couch and read books and instead still be productive. Hence why I'm recording this episode. Even though I sound not my normal self, and even though I think I'm at like five or six times I've had to pause the episode so I can clean up my nose and have a good cough, despite that, I'm still here trying to bring value and serve and, and deliver something meaningful for you through this episode. So where's the razor's edge between completely resting and continuing and taking, I suppose, more of a warrior mindset and going, all right, well, even though I feel a bit rubbish, I'm just going to keep moving along. And so here's the fascinating thing for me. When I really pause and just reflect, <laughs> I don't actually have a really crystal clear answer. This is it's a dance, right? Like it's a, it's a to and fro, it's a moving around, it's a seeing what feels right and what feels good in the moment. And so for me right now, what feels good is to be able to do something useful and meaningful and contribute. It feels good to be able to record a podcast even though my body is telling me it ain't so hot right now. But it also feels good to have the awareness that I now have of all of these different things. And so where do I want to sort of tie all these threads together? So I suppose for me, the first piece is to make sure that we feel our feelings. Now to make sure for you, don't make the same mistake I just made. Don't emotionally bypass your life. 
Feel what you need to feel. Preferably in the moment, so you can address it and let the energy and the motion, energy and emotion, energy in motion, emotion, so you can let the emotion flow through you and be transmuted into something different, released into the uh, universe or turned into action or energy or whatever it is that you need. But feel stuff, right? I want you to really think about, reflect upon how can you practice feeling more? Entirely possible that that actually is a very foreign concept for you. If you have spent a lifetime emotionally bypassing your own life because it's not okay to feel things or because you are chronically worried about what would happen if you allow yourself to feel, then it's important to know that in the privacy of your own brain and heart and body, you can feel things quite safely. And there are plenty of ways to express or to move those emotions. So take anger, for example. I've spoken about this before because I've had a lot of firsthand experience on the receiving end and on the giving end of anger. I feel that so physically that I need to do something with my body. I need to physically move, exercise, surf, go for a bike ride, go for a walk, jump up and down, punch a boxing bag, something. And I need to feel and be very present with the hot flush and the tension and the pressure in my chest and in my head that comes from anger. Grief is like a weighted blanket and like a, for me, like a real gnawing in my gut, like a kind of sensation. It also comes with that tingly nose that tends to come before a lot of tears for me. And so, you know, feeling emotions like grief for me means actually just stopping what I'm doing and releasing and opening and letting go of any tension that might be holding back that emotion. And, you know, joy is just like this utter abandoned delight. It's like this beautiful letting go and opening of our hearts, which for me just feels like I'm literally vibrating and I'm just going to pop or explode or something with the excitement and the buzz and the joy and the lightness and the fun and the happy. As I'm saying these things, is it sparking any of these sensations in you? Because if it is, that's your first key to starting to tune into your emotions, starting to feel what you need to feel. Emotions tend to happen in the body rather than in the head, in the mind, in the brain. So another way to get really, really connected to your body is to just stop what you're doing physically and just breathe really deeply and then extend your awareness to all of the different parts of your body. How do your feet feel? How do your legs feel? How does your gut feel? How does your bum feel? How do your hands, your arms, your shoulders, your neck, your face, your scalp, your ears, how do they all feel? And as you're doing that, take some really deep cleansing belly breaths right down deep into your gut, you know, where you sort of push your belly button out as you breathe to really extend that breath all the way down rather than rather than the very shallow breaths we tend to hold up in our chest, in our upper part of our lungs. When you can deeply breathe all the way into your gut, 
and then take a very long, slow, deliberate exhale. It also helps to reconnect you to your body. And then you can start to sort of sense what are the emotions that are bubbling around. So please feel your feelings, let your emotions be expressed. If expressing your emotions is going to hurt somebody, obviously that's not cool. But if you can express your emotions in a safe and a, a productive way, or even just express them in a way that doesn't impact on others, right? Like go get in your car and close the doors and turn the music up loud and then yell your lungs out if you need to, or cry or dance or whatever it is, right? But please let your body, let your heart express and feel and process these emotions. Let the energy in motion move and let the energy flow and release. If you have grief in your life, and this is, I suppose, the part that was really prompted by a chat with one of my clients last week. If you have grief in your life, acknowledge it. Now, some of the things that we actually, as a society, are grieving right now, but we don't really articulate that well, is we are grieving the change in our environment, right? COVID lockdowns, vaccine passports, disconnection from people we love, social distancing, not being able to connect to people in the way that we're used to as far as going up and giving people a nice warm handshake or a hug. These are all parts of how we used to live. And they are perhaps now parts of an old world that we will never return to, or that we will only return to in certain ways or at certain times under certain conditions. And this is part of the grief. No one actually knows. No one has any certainty about what the future holds. Now, the reality is that certainty was always a myth. There was never any guarantee that yesterday would be the same as today, which would be the same as tomorrow. There would never be any guarantee of that. But now we're in this unique place of there's no longer even an illusion of certainty. There's no longer a kind of normal that we can go back to. And so we kind of have to grieve that. We have to allow that that is a loss. That is a sense of loss that is triggering the emotion of grief in our body and in our heart. You know, the freedom of movement, the freedom of travel, the fact that borders are getting closed, that people are missing out on connecting with loved ones and friends and partners and all of the things. Honestly, like not to mention, not to mention the constant conversations about all this sort of stuff socially like it's all the world has been talking about for 18 months just about i think that's why the olympics have been such a welcome distraction frankly but we're all feeling grief of some form about the life we used to know we're all feeling grief in some form about the life we used to know and we need to acknowledge that that is a feeling of grief and we need to deal with it and process it with love and with kindness and with compassion, as though we were losing somebody we loved. Future plans, expectations of how the world was going to operate, what we thought our future would be like for our kids, their experience of childhood, living and growing through a, pan a pandemic. It, it, it all is 
just so unusual and so new and so uncharted for all of us that it's completely normal to feel like there's some sort of grieving that we need to do. I'm going to wrap it up here and just ask you to please ensure you let yourself feel what you need to feel. To do those exercises I mentioned about just dropping into your body, checking in, letting yourself breathe into your physical body and then listen and pay attention to what's showing up. Be kind to yourself, be compassionate to yourself, extend that same grace to the people in your life and know that even if things are difficult, you still have the ability to choose to do something useful or productive or fun. You can make a choice in any moment, as I have, <laughs> to record a podcast when I sound like crap and to serve the people that mean something to me. And that's you. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful you've stayed to the end of the episode despite the stop starts and the various disjointed thoughts. Thank you for your kindness and thank you for your beautiful messages and comments. To any of you or to those of you who have sent me a voice message, I'm so grateful. It's bloody marvelous listening to your actual voice rather than seeing words on the screen. So please feel free to jump on the Anchor app and send me a voice message. And if you've reviewed the podcast on iTunes, Thank you so, so much. So it does help us with rankings and ratings or helps me share this message with more people. It just also gives me some feedback. What am I doing great? What can I improve on? All right, lots of love to you. If you are interested in any of like digging in further to what I've covered today, please jump in the show notes, check out my website, check me out on social media. I'm not on social media much, but I am still available to contact there and I do post now and then. But honestly, the primary way to stay in touch with me these days is through my email newsletter. So go to my website, israelsmith.com forward slash join, J-O-I-N, join my newsletter. And that way you'll hear from me at least every week-ish. And I'll always post an update when there's a new podcast episode for you. Sending you much love, much gratitude, and much wellness wherever you are in the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. It's been a pleasure having you with me and I'm really grateful for your time and attention. If you resonated with this episode, please leave me a great five-star review in your favorite podcast app and please share these podcast episodes with your friends and family, with your loved ones, with your significant other, with anyone who you think might benefit from the things that I have to say and share. Make sure you subscribe so that every time I record a new episode, it pops up in your feed. If you're interested in working with me directly or you want to continue this conversation, please hit me up on social media. Most places I'm at Israel P. Smith, uh, or you can visit my website directly, which is israelsmith.com. And there you can learn about my coaching and other services. Thanks again for joining me on the Illuminating Lives podcast, and I hope you have a great day.